Hello everybody, welcome back to 929. We're in chapter 5 of Leviticus Veika. Here we're talking more again about offerings, um, the va va variable sin offerings. Um, it begins here by saying, um, if a person sins by accepting an oath, denying that he was witness to a certain matter, and he does not testify when in reality he was a witness because he saw or knew about it, he will bear the consequences of his sin. Um, or, if a person touches anything that is ritually impure, whether it is the car carcass of an impure wild animal, or the carcass of an impure domestic animal, or the carcass of an impure creeping creature. Wow, even a creeping creature. Is this like insects? I don't know. For me, creeping, creeping creatures is insects. Um, and he was unaware of the fact, and he subsequently entered the holy temple or ate from a sacrifice, he is guilty. Um, you know, so, so what does it say about this? These two sins are extremely easy to transgress. Incorrect words can easily pass through your lips and are more likely than a, than a sin of action. Also, the laws of ritual purity are extremely complex, making mistakes very common. Despite the seriousness of these sins, God, in his great kindness, permitted their atonement with an offering which, possessed, which posed less financial burden and that it was adjusted uh, according to a person's mean. I like that. I like that a lot. Where, what else here? It says, he was a witness. The word he... One second. Um, the word he in, his ver in this verse can also refer to God. God is a witness to everything that transpires, including withholding evidence. What else do they talk? What should happen is when someone incurs guilt in any one of these cases, he should confess the sin which he had committed. Rendered literally, the verse reads, he should confess the sin which is upon her. This suggests that as the person, sorry, This suggests that the person becomes spiritually cleansed by the offering. That the sin will rest on her, on the sheep. This is what the Zohar says. Um, talks about he should bring them to the priests. Uh, we're talking about the, the sheeps or the guilt offering. Um, or the two turtle doves, or two young doves for one of the sin offerings, and one for bur burnt offering. So he should bring them to the priest. He should first offer up the bird, which is designated for the sin offering. He should cut its head by piercing with its, his nails opposite the back of his head, but should not separate the head from the body by serving both the esoph esophagus, 
um, and the trachea. Yeah, the sin offering from birds is the offering of the poor man. This is why this offering does not require the usual ritual slaughter, so that the priest should not have to look for a knife and expire the usual ritual slaughter. And examine, sorry, and examine it while the poor man is losing valuable time from work. The message is that you should always hurry as much as possible to fulfill a poor man's need. Hmm. Also, when the bird's head is not completely separated from the body, it looks more uh, dignified. The poor man's offering should look as important as possible, as it is enough for him that he is poor. We need not make things worse by this by his offering look unsightedly interesting um and and um the the chapter continues by talking about the guilt offering for misappropriation the guilt offering in a case of doubt and the guilt offering for dishonesty a lot of guilt we are an am that uh, has a lot of guilt i can assure you that um one second the guilt offering brought in a case of doubt where a man is uncertain if he transgressed a commandment unintentionally is actually more expensive than a sin offering brought when he is sure that he transgressed. Wow. This shows that if you are uncertain if you have sinned, you are in need of more atonement. That is interesting. That is really interesting. When you know that you have sinned, you are aware that something needs correcting which will probably lead you to act on your feelings. But if you are uncertain you have sinned, you are likely to take the matter less seriously. These for a more powerful and more expensive atonement is needed. Very, very, very interesting. Mm, what does it say here? The guilt offering for dishonesty. If a person sins and acts this decidefully against God by making a false denial to his fellow concerning an item deposit for safekeeping, cash in hand, which was part of a business deal or loan, or an object taken by robbery, or he withheld wedges from his fellow, or he found a lost article, and then he denied any of the above-mentioned sin and swore fal fal falsely, then he need not return any funds. In any of these cases where a man might sin, what should happen is that when he feels that he has sinned and is guilty, he should return the article when he had robbed or funds which he had withheld or the item which he had disposited with him or the article which he had found or anything else about which he had sworn falsely. He should pay the principal amount and add to one-fifth to it. He should give it to its rightful owner on the day that the sinner repents for his guilt. 
When the Torah says that you are being deceitful against God, when you are dishonest about a friend who de deposited an item with you for safekeeping, it is because of the following. When you give a loan or sell something, it usually is done in front of a witness or with a contract. When you ask someone to look after something, you usually do it discreetly and no one knows about it except for God. Therefore, when you deny the transaction, you are acting deceitfully against God. Whoa, 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 wow. Things that are more hush-hush are more serious. That is, wow, something to think about for sure. For sure. Also, he should return the article which he had robbed. Why does the Torah deal more harshly with a thief who acts in secrecy? than with a robber who acts in public. <laughs> Just making sure everyone's awake here. The thief is required to pay double or even four uh, or fivefold the amount that he stole, whereas the robber simply has to return the article which he had robbed. It is because the thief acts through God cannot see him. Acts as, acts as though God cannot see him. The robber equates the dignity of the servant with the dignity of the master, while the thief does not. Interesting! Love that. That's good stuff. Also, the sacrifice will not atone unless he first returns what he has taken. Obviously. Wow, very, very beautiful things here. Things that are actually very um, relevant to us today, I think. Um, food for thought. Is abusing the natural environment misappropriating God's property? Two, your body is a temple for the divine. Are you treating it appropriately? Three, is there correlation between your respect for God and respect for fellow humans? Yes, and that is all for chapter five. We also finished um, the first parasha, Vaikra, and uh, can't wait for tomorrow for parasha Tzav. Thank you for listening. Yashir Koach.